Welcome to DevOps Chats, the industry-leading podcast for DevOps, digital transformation, cloud native, and cybersecurity. If it's happening, it's happening on DevOps Chats. Hey, everyone. This is Alan Schimmel. And Mitchell Ashley. And you're listening to DevOps Chats. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, Mitchell, this is the uh, second episode for 2024 in this relaunch of DevOps Chat that we're returning to after all these years. I mm -hmm. hope the audience, if you haven't heard our uh, previous episode, it is available on your favorite uh, podcast uh, platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or, or what have you. By the yeah. way, I titled it Origin Story of Security Podcasting. Yeah, it, <laughs> is, it was sort of an origin At story. You're right. The front end of it. Yeah, you know, it's a 20 year uh, new thing. And we're still uh, working to get it right. Yeah, we're figuring <laughs> it out. Hopefully, this, this week's better. We hope you'll enjoy. Sure. You know, for those who are not familiar, DevOps Chats I mean, talks about anything related to DevOps, and it's, it's kind of the companion podcast to uh, DevOps.com, which, of course, is a flagship site run by us here at TechStrong. Um, I'm Alan Schimmel, CEO of TechStrong, and Mitchell, CTO. yep, Mitchell, CTO, yeah. and, and head of research, head of research, GM research principal analyst. So we feel like we have a good handle on the market and the space, and hopefully you you get something out of this. Um, for this week's show, we're going to focus on a couple of things. Mitchell and I are in person together. We're actually up in freezing Boston, where it's like 20 degrees. Balmy. Balmy 20 degrees. For me. <laughs> Not for me. And um, we're up here, you know, meeting meeting with a bunch of clients, uh, sponsors, friends in the industry, and, and doing a little fact-finding. And, you know, it's interesting, Mitch, just in a couple of days, you, you start seeing sort of trends emerge, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for me, it's, look, the biggest trend I think that's most relevant to our audience is we're seeing layoffs yeah, and budget cuts, you know, everything we've been hearing. Reorganizations. Reorgs. Uh, you know, with the start of the new year, people are implementing kind of these new plans. And um, while the economy in general seems to be strong, all kinds of new jobs being done and unemployment remains low, it, it's tough times in, in, for our friends in the tech space and, and us. Right? A lot of, all of, a lot of people attributed to interest rates still being high. And yeah. Of course, that's hit mostly the, for sure, the startup world. Well, it, right. It's hitting the VCs. Yeah. And that stuff flows downhill. So it goes from the VCs down to the startups. And so they're cutting. But, you know, an interesting thing, I was talking to a, a friend of ours, Mitchell, versus a friend of mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> to get all mobster on you. But, um, and and she was recently laid off. Her whole team was laid off. Mm -hmm. And I said, how did they lay off the whole marketing team? And and the kind of the skinny was, well, you know, they the marketing team did a great job and they over delivered leads into the funnel. Mm. And now they're gonna take some time just like kind of harvesting those leads before they turned the spigots back on for marketing. So they're saving money by laying off the marketing team. And I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I don't claim to be Warren Buffett or, 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 you know, some management business whiz, but everything I know tells me you can't time stuff like that. You can't wait till you're out of leads to turn, to go higher up and train up and start up your marketing team again. That has to be 
kind of a, a balanced approach with a steady stream in there because otherwise you you know you get the the, the snake who swallowed the rat kind of syndrome mm -hmm. where once that lump is through the snake now what so I, I think it's a mistake right well, well I've learned this lesson a couple of times not in marketing but the first time was early in my career uh it was with actually with EDS and they decided to cut stop doing recruiting because they had enough people mm -hmm. and this goes into their whole education program and what uh, they they stopped it in about a month and a half two months into it they said oh you know what yeah um we're in trouble because they realized once they stopped it to start it up isn't turn it back on no exactly it was a year and a half to get it back up to what it was to meet yep. the people requirements so you think about it all right so you're using those leads by the way you're using those leads by the way the markets keep moving and shifting and what they want and where they're going so you're losing track of that plus you know you just don't go out and buy leads right well i guess you can with with we have an option right well well that's yeah we could announce that we have lead gen <laughs> express where you could come in and buy leads there you go that wasn't a setup from our that, demand but, stuff, but yeah you but can normally you can't just like they're not falling off trees you got to go cultivate and develop that and get them into the queue and yeah i mean but even you know buying leads let's say whether you come through us or you go to an agency or whatever that's a marketing function right marketing has to make sure what they're getting and why and and the you know the, all of the the background on it it's not it's not as simple as going to your faucet and turning on the water mm -hmm. that's the bottom line mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's like waiting for the hot water but it takes a long time to come yeah and i'll tell you something else we're going to talk about it a little later and it's what went on at dell this week but um you know, I, I think in a lot of these tech layoffs we're seeing, especially in the startup world and venture back companies, the marketing team, marketing teams are taking the, uh, the brunt mm -hmm. of of these budget cuts. Yeah, which is pretty common. You know, tough yeah. times marketing and HR yeah. Yeah. get hit first. But, you know, I think an interesting thing here, Mitchell, is it's not just about cutting the budget. Yes, it's about cutting the budget, but it's not just about cutting the budget. I think there's also sort of this underlying kind of feeling of, you know, with AI, mm -hmm. we're going to be able to accomplish a lot of these marketing yeah. uh, functions mm -hmm. without the people. Mm -hmm. Automate it with AI. They're going to automate it with AI, and we need less people to do more with it. And, and, you know, hey, I'm all for AI, and, and that's making a bet on it. I'm not quite sure if, if it's there for this particular use case right now. Mm -hmm. Well, it still is an aid, right? It's a, an right. aid to doing those functions. I was, I was talking to someone last night at dinner, and I said, you know, the problem is AI doesn't know whether it did a good job or not. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it writes some stuff. And it might be relevant, it might be accurate, it might not, it might even be what you want, but that's at least how I use it is, mm -hmm. you know, help kind of organize some thoughts, get a straw man, straw person. Hey, you know what? Kind of it thing. could help polish something, it could help you start something. Yeah. When you ask it to start and polish, mm -hmm. it, you know, to totally replace the human in the equation. I, I just don't know if we're there yet. I, I definitely and, not. I and think. so 
you know, I think there's a little bit of wishful thinking there and, and rose tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. If you're cutting back on staff because you think AI at this point is going to re- replace them. Yeah. Um, I think you should be looking at AI to make your staff more productive, not to have less of them. Right. But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Also on the road trip, Mitchell, though, it was good to see, you know, some old friends spoke about upcoming events, KubeCon in Paris, for instance. RSAC, a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah. And uh, and again, you know, common themes there, reorg and layoffs and, and, and stuff like that. Um, it'll be interesting. We're going to be continuing this road trip. We're going to be going to New York and the Valley, San Francisco, you know, Bay Area, uh, Austin. And, and we'll see if what we're hearing here kind of is, you know, consistent across the, at least across the U.S., we did, we did hear some optimism of things seem to be coming back yes. and people are getting budgets and they're starting to spend more. So it wasn't all, well, but, but we're in the middle of spending both. We're more, kind of journeying through Yeah, this, right? I, I think what it is, Mitchell, it's the old story about economic uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? If we're in an up economy, great. And I've got, you know, big fat budget, great. If I've got budget cuts, but I know what my budget is, I'll prioritize based upon what my budget is. Mm -hmm. But when you're in limbo, and you don't know what your budget's going to be, you don't know what the mandate and, and, you know, goals are, then you kind of paralysis by analysis, right? And and you can't, you can't move you until you know what you're doing. So now we're starting to see whatever plans were being made, roll out. Mm -hmm. And and so we, you know, well, people can function they may not have enough money to do everything they want they may not have enough budget man head you know headcount and so forth but they know what they need to do and what they're funded to do yeah exactly important well let's turn our attention to uh some articles sure we're really good that are happening on uh devops.com one of them i wanted to highlight was this does using ai assistance lead to lower code quality there have been a lot of questions about what is you know sure code generator generated code or assistance from AI by Bill Dorfield. And it, what kind of prompted his article is about GitHub's stats that 92% of developers said they use AI tools and developers complete tasks 55% quicker using Copilot, a little bit self-serving there, but whatever. Um, and, and he had some quotes from people saying they anticipate that, you know, you're introducing more code. And if you kind of get into this um, just passive I'll just let it do what it's doing. And you don't kind of do that same thing, right? That we're just Mm -hmm. talking about with writing marketing content, just accept it blindly and move on. Well, for a a small code change, that's not a big deal. When you're asking it to write sections of code or doing things like that, you got to make sure it's good stuff. So again, I think you use AI either to check the code you wrote Mm -hmm. or to generate code that gets checked by a human. Mm -hmm. You don't use AI to do both, right? You need that balance yeah that's a good way of putting it and but you know let's be clear copilot's been a tremendous success Absolutely. It's, a, it's a real help yeah. um i i think one way of looking at it is you know you look at like the low code no code market it's an exploding market mm-hmm. people using a lot uh, ai is a great tool in that low code, no code kind of vein, um, AI is a great tool to teach you to code, to help look at your code. But again, 
92% of developers said they're using AI tools. They're not letting AI just write yeah, the code. That's not the percentage them. of work they're doing. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's it. And that's an important thing. And I think we have to remember that. that that's what AI is. You know, it will get better. It gets better every day. But at this point, you know, I I don't think it's autonomous driving. I think it's assisted driving, to your mm. point. Yeah, it's lane, keep you in the lanes. It's yep. parking assist, you know, those kind yep. of things, to use the car analogy. Bill had some good recommendations about. Yeah, why don't we go through some of those? So if you are using AI to generate your code, these are, these are you know, using like a co-pilot kind of uh, assistant. These are some of the do's for that. So, you know, use it thoughtfully, don't blindly. You know, nope. Yeah, be intentional about how you're using it. And, and it's not for every every task and every code you're going to generate right use it and the you know pick the pick your spots mm -hmm. for that and i would augment that and say it's still in the learning we're still learning how to use it too so yep. just don't throw it at every Unlearn. problem mm -hmm. you know do code reviews security reviews uh, both with tools and with people that's still super important maybe we need to start to tweak how we do some of those things yeah. with you know with uh, gen ai created automated uh assisted development now there i hadn't thought about this one avoid redundancy right if you're having it write code for you you may already have a function that does that you may that may be the same routine you could turn into a function now that four different times you've created the mm -hmm. same code um so i imagine there's lots of opportunities yeah, sure that. and maybe double down or, or emphasize more measuring and monitoring the quality of what you're doing as you because you're changing Right, you're, you're bringing in a new technology that could have a big yeah, impact, I, I don't positive or negative. Set it free right. and you know, set it and forget it. It's, I think you put it out there, and even though it may pass the sniff test initially, you got to watch what happens in the wild. Yep, absolutely. So, Life will find a way. Yep, Life will find a way. It, it does survive. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, great. You know, uh, next article we're going to talk about is this: how to get platform engineering just right. Big topic, right? Uh -huh. That was DevOps dead. Platform engineering is the new thing. Agile's gone. No, no, those things are gone, right? No. They're all, it's all still part of but, our But ecosystem. look, platform engineering is a real function. You know, I heard someone, we were at dinner last night, someone said it, in a, I think it was Brad said it in a really succinct way. You know, if we think of DevOps as culture and DevOps tools, right, as, as DevOps tools, Platform engineering has become the DevOps teams, mm. right? We used to have DevOps engineers, but they ruined everyone always said there's no such thing as a DevOps engineer. Right. But I think the platform engineer has become and the platform engineering team has become the the new DevOps engineer, if you mm. will, doing that kind of, of task. So, you know, it's not competitive or replacing it's again part of this whole continuum uh, with agile and, and devops and sre and, and platform engineering agreed you know and there's so many parts to uh you know what, what does platform engineering mean right is it uh developer productivity and portals for for that is it standardizing environments for dev test and production is it optimization things like that 
It's all of them, right? It's all of those. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's been successful is because it can adapt. You can adapt it to what your issues are, right? If you're really focused on, hey, I can't hire more developers. How do we get them more productive? Or point it to whatever you want. Um, but it, it of itself isn't a panacea, just like none of these things yeah. are. But, you know, so as the report or as the article points out, the Google State of DevOps report says that on average, it, it takes three years for platform engineering to start showing tangible mm. results. Mm -hmm. Look, that might be a bridge too far for a lot of companies. That's a long who are, time. Yeah, who are, you know, they're doing six month sprints here yep. in terms of, of, of projects and so forth. Most projects, if I was ever on a project that took three years to show value, I would... I think it'd be canceled about a year into it. Yeah, or 18 months, something like that. Yeah. But in reality, even the even the three years might be uh, optimistic, best case mm. scenario. Yeah. And, and so, again, this isn't something you just wake up and say, hey, let's go do platform engineering. You, it's a long-term commitment on your part of your organization. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Browse, the author of this. Yes. And he has some recommendations, some guidance around setting up your tool buffet. He, he emphasizes the importance of observability in that sure. role, role as well. How to plug into the CICD pipeline and focus on FinOps and GreenOps. And, you know, there's probably some other things to do as well. Yeah, we should mention Benjamin, I think, is with Cycloid. And right. uh, he's also a platform.ng. So you, you check out the full beyond the, the article on, on devops.com, which we'll have in our notes here and maybe a QR code on you if you're watching this on video, uh, you will you can go to Platform Engine and get more there. Yep, absolutely. We kind of talked about the next topic already around the reorganization Dell just announced this week. Well, it's been kind of announced coming mm -hmm. um, around doing some layoffs around 5% of their workforce. Which I guess works out to be 6,600 jobs, or at least. Yeah, I mean, and again, from what I was told, it was heavy in the marketing space. Mm -hmm. I, I think, Mitchell, the question is, is that just the first shoe dropping? Mm -hmm. Right. I read an article last night, I think I might have sent it to you. Yeah. Was it in the register or something? You know, Dell has always been, I, I did deals with Dell back in the late 90s, the dot-coms, mm -hmm. uh, Dell host. And even back then, at the upper echelons of Dell, almost everyone came from Bain, mm -hmm. Bain Capital, right? Mm -hmm. Bain was the, Bain took, you know, Michael Dell out of his college dorm in Austin and made them a world power, right? And and ever since then, Michael Dell, I think there's still Bain people there running it with them. And they, they have this, you know, Bain has this philosophy that you, you basically build an organization by saying, each employee represents about a million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. So to have a hundred, what was it? Hundred thirty-three thousand. Right, hundred. Right, but to have a hundred thousand employees mm. at a million dollars in revenue, what is that? I forget what the you're adding, terrible with you're math. adding five what, zeros to the end of that. I think right is what math. you're adding five zeros yeah. to the end of a hundred thousand. So it becomes a million, 10 million, a hundred million, a thousand million. I think yeah. it comes to 10 billion. Yeah, 10 billion. I think yeah. that's what the number was. And so if you look at Dell's revenue now and where they're you know planning, according to the Bain 
formula, they should be at about 100,000 employees, mm -hmm. not 100. Mm -hmm. Well, they're down about 125 now. Yeah. So we might be seeing as much as 20 to 25,000 more mm -hmm. layoffs at Dell, which, I mean, that's a lot of people. It's worldwide, but that's a lot of people. But it's also in line. Look, I mean, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, uh, they all, all these big tech giants who, by the way, reported decent yeah. no, numbers on the street, Good. right? And their stocks are doing well, but they're all taking this opportunity to skinny up. Mm -hmm. And and it's a cycle, Mitchell, right? It's that, you know, it's like dieting. You, you get down to your weight and then you add the pounds back. And then you do it again and again and again, and it's probably not healthy. But you're hiring while you're laying off people. Yeah, you well, whatever. So we'll we'll keep our eye on that. But uh, along with that, though, from what we know, there's there's a bit of a reorg, huge reorg going on there. Yeah. Uh, this fellow John Byrne has uh, taken over global responsibility for all regional and Dell technology select sales. So they're you know retooling marketing sales internal teams. And, you know, it always creates for a little uncertainty. We'll see how it comes out. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see where they go. You know, I, I got to believe they're also going to adapt to where the market is now and change some focus internally on products or channel or whatever it might be. So we'll it's see. more than just losing people. Usually. Yeah. Well, I think that some of the AI may take some of this functionality over oh, going on. That's there good. Too. Maybe some over-optimistic. Who knows? Yeah. Well, let's talk about your interview that you did with Kurt. Uh, with Kit. Yeah, Merker. that's right. Good friend Kit. We just Merker. talked to him at reinvent. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, you know, I originally met Kit. He he was still at Google, I think, uh, when Kubernetes was first, you know, going public. And um, Kit then went over to JFrog and he was VP BizDev at JFrog and had him interacted a lot with Kit during those years. He left JFrog and and helped start up Noble Nine, which you know, SLO's SRE company. And he was uh I forget his title, Chief Commercial Officer or Chief Revenue Officer, Marketing. I mean Kit was responsible for marketing and, and sales there. And you know, he over the last, I don't know, two to three to four years, he's really helped make Noble Nine a leader in their space. But he's now taking a job as CEO, first time CEO. So congratulations mm -hmm. to Kit. That's awesome. With a company called Plainsight. I, I did an interview with him. It's on TechStrong TV. So Plainsight's been around a while. You know, when we think about AI, we tend to think of chatbots. Mm -hmm. But there's other AI, types of AI. Uh, one of them is, is computer vision. So, in other words, you you feed in a camera feed to a computer, and it uses AI to figure out what it's seeing and you know act on that. Mm -hmm. um, interesting technology, especially when it starts get applying to IT and stuff. Um, but the the company company's well financed, but it wasn't. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't well known in the market. Oh, okay. You know, it's kind Still of a best kept, a best secret. kept secret. Yeah. yeah. And it's kid it's Kip's job kid's job now to uh make he's it a great known. evangelist. Yeah, well, and he's good. Yeah. He's he's a great front guy. Um, and he has a real idea of what he wants to do there and, and how to do it and some interesting functionality that this technology can bring to it. Um, so I would I would definitely check it out. 
It's called Plain Sight, Plain Sight uh, Technologies. And, you know, we wish Kit the best of luck with mm -hmm. it, Mitch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, another DevOps chat another busy in the DevOps. Can. Yeah, another week of busy <laughs> DevOps. Should mention, we, we're gearing up to head towards, uh, well, about another month and a couple of weeks, we'll be in Paris for yeah, KubeCon. Absolutely. Uh, but until then, lots going on. Tune in next week. And look, tune in every day to DevOps.com for the latest and greatest DevOps-related news and, and information, as well as TechStrong TV. Right, you could catch it on on DevOps.com or on LinkedIn or on DevOps.tv as well. Absolutely, send us your feedback too. Send it to Alan at, or Mitchell at TextRunGroup.com. Love to hear from you. Your ideas, your reactions, what's good, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more of, all that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So until next time, this is Alan Schimmel and Mitchell Ashley. Keep Dev keep DevOpsing. There you go. We'll see you soon.